It's Monday, and you know what that means. Mock Monday here at Lockdown Eagles, giving you four mock drafts for all the listeners to vote on at home on Twitter. And we have Howie Roseman's thoughts from the first day of the NFL Odors meeting. All that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, it is Monday, Mock Draft Monday here at Locked On Eagles. And in the wake of the Final Four, what better way than to give the fans not one, not two, not three, but four mock drafts to vote on in a Final Four-esque type of poll. But first, talking about Howie Roseman and what he had to say today at the NFL owners meeting. We thank you for tuning in here at Locked On Eagles, making it your first listen each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm your host, as always, Gino Camilleri. Thank you for tuning into this Monday edition of the week. Hope you all had a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in wherever you get your shows in audio form. If you're watching us on YouTube in video form as well, we appreciate that. Make sure you rate, subscribe, like, leave a comment. We're always interacting with all of our followers on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Follow my co-host at DBASILOE and follow the mothership at Locked on Birds. And today is Mock Draft Monday. We're going to get into that in segment two and segment three. It's going to be fun. It's going to be quick. There's going to be Three selections made in each of those four drafts. I'm going to do the first and second round for the Eagles, and then I'll put it out on Twitter. We'll do a poll, and we'll see where the fans want to go. I'm going to avoid picking the same player in multiple drafts. I'm going to try and spread it out and align with what Howie Roseman believes in, drafting offensive and defensive lines early in the draft. Drafting skilled players in the second round is always an option for Howie Roseman. And Howie Roseman let us in on some insight into this offseason today at the NFL owners meeting. We always know it's that time of year when the draft is right around the corner, when we get those great pictures out on Twitter of all the guys, and in particular, Andy Reid with all the coaches is wearing his great Hawaiian shirt, as always. All the GMs sit down in Florida. They all meet and go over all the rules that they want to implement, all the things they want to talk about. I'm sure the tush push, the Jalen Hurts, Quarterback sneak will be a talking point of discussion. The Eagles also brought up some rule implementations that they're trying to get fulfilled. They want to allow teams and players to allow to, their players to wear the number zero. They want to have the fourth and 15 on fourth down as an option to the onside kick to potentially replace the onside kick or be an alternative to the onside kick. And all of that will be talked about. We won't really know exactly what happens until things are voted on. But one thing we do get is that each of the GMs, each of the coaches is going to talk to the media. Howie Roseman talked today, and he had some interesting points. And I think the biggest one, the one that we all know is inevitably going to come, is the Jalen Hurts contract extension. And this is from Dave Zingaro. He's quoted Howie Roseman saying, it's no secret that sometime relatively soon we want to extend our quarterback. 
our whole kind of roster building is going to turn a little bit here from a quarterback on a rookie deal towards hopefully a quarterback on a long-term deal. As always, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, and whatever head coach is in Philadelphia at the time is going to be tied to the quarterback that they have calling the plays. And last time around, it was Carson Wentz. He was a finger on the hand, apparently. And that's what Howie Roseman said directly, verbatim, that he was one of the appendages of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, we saw what happened just a couple years ago. Became Jalen Hurts' team. And when Howie Roseman talks about the quarterback position, he usually doesn't blow smoke. When he says he wants to extend Jalen Hurts, he means it. It is going to come very soon. Because if you look at the quarterbacks that are just around the corner that are going to get extensions, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence down the road as well. Two is in that conversation. Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, who apparently wants to be traded. If he's traded before Jalen Hurts extension, the market might reset. You don't want Lamar to sign his deal before you extend Jalen Hurts. Howie Roseman knows this. He's no dummy. There's a reason he's been the general manager of the Eagles for over a decade plus and survived 10 years of coaches that have been fired and guys that have taken his job even and Chip Kelly. Howie Roseman stays around for a reason. One, he writes his wrongs of trying to write his mistakes in the past, and he's done a great job at that. If you look at the last couple draft classes, you look at the Devontae Smith to write the wrong of Jalen Rager and so on and so forth. And as well, he knows the business side better than anybody. He is a market inefficiency guy through and through. The biggest market inefficiency in the NFL is a quarterback on a rookie contract. He knows he's not going to have that anymore. So he has to find a middle ground. And what is that middle ground going to be? Well, it's probably going to be a long-term deal. I think it'll be much like Patrick Mahomes' deal, not 10 years and not $500 million, but a longer-term deal to where the average per year goes down substantially as the salary cap goes up. I did a show a few months ago on how much exactly that extension will cost and how much of the salary cap it'll take up. But for now, it doesn't matter when it comes to numbers because you have to go out and set those numbers for Jalen Hurts in a respectable way that is going to get him signed on the dotted line where it is not going to drag out the entire offseason. You want to get this thing done sooner rather than later. Getting it done before the draft would be ideal. Going to the next talking point, we're talking about the draft. And this is from at Philadelphia e at PHL Eagles News on Twitter, excuse me, and inside the pre-draft mind of Eagles GM Howie Roseman. For us, it is going to start with defense, the defensive line and the cornerback position. When we look back at what we did here, it was consistent with what we think. That quote tells you everything that the Eagles need to know when it comes to team building. They're going to build from the inside out. They want two guys that can shut down playmakers on the outside i.e. Darius Slay and James Bradbury returning. They want to continue to invest resources in the defensive line, bringing back Fletcher Cox, signing Hassan Reddick last year, extending Josh Sweat when they did. They're more than likely going to use a pick or two on a defensive lineman. And ultimately, they're going to stick to their morals. They value those positions higher, which means in a draft setting, 
they are going to value them more. They will take them higher on common occurrences. That's why Andre Dillard was selected when he was. Because they didn't believe that that offensive tackle was going to be there. But they valued that position so much that when he was there, it superseded any other selection that they were going to make. Now, can that come back to bite them? Absolutely. But they know that they have to stick with what they know. And especially on defense, they have to right the wrongs at cornerback. They haven't drafted particularly well there. Let's hope they can turn it around. D-line, we know how well that they've done. They got to continue that trajectory. And they have to continue to reload because Javon Hargrave is gone and Dominican Sue, Linval Joseph, Fletcher Cox is only on a one-year deal and so is Brandon Graham. It's going to be a lot of turnaround in the next calendar year or so. The final talking point, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The last thing we will talk about, CGJ. We have a new safety in town, Terrell Edmonds. We have a new duo with him and Reed Blankenship. We're on to 2023. It's unfortunate that something couldn't have been worked out, but Howie was pretty blatant about it today. This is from Zach Berman. Howie Roseman on Gardner-Johnson negotiations. At some point, you run out of resources. And so we were very clear at some point we were going to have to go in a different direction. And those first couple of days we tried, and then we pivoted. That's Howie Roseman. That's the business side of this game. We talked about that there's only so many pieces of pizza. By the time Chauncey came back around to want to get some pizza, Darius Slay and James Bradbury already walked out with the entire box. That's the way the NFL goes. Sometimes you're the fish on the line and you get a big one. Sometimes you're just getting up seaweed. And that's what happened with the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson situation. I don't think it worked out well for the Eagles. I don't think it worked out well for Chauncey looking at that deal that he signed in Detroit. The Eagles, they have some holes to fill. One of them is at safety. A bunch of them are going to be at linebacker, in my opinion, and defensive line. Offensive line can throw into that conversation. Maybe a wide receiver three, maybe another tight end. Well, we have 12 selections over four mock drafts, two in each of the last two segments here. Come on back because this is going to be a fun mock draft Monday. But before we get into that, we have a message from our friends over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you haven't heard of FanDuel by now, excuse me, it is not only the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, the entire Lockdown Podcast Network, but it is the biggest sportsbook in all of America. Not just here in Colorado where I live, not just at New York where I used to live, not just in Las Vegas, the entire country in all of America. The other night, I got my no sweat first bet by signing up at fanduel.com slash lockdown. I didn't wager a thousand dollars, but if you want to, you can get up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Luckily, I bet on UConn minus two and a half over Gonzaga, arguably the easiest wager I ever met, made in my entire gambling career. And if you want to get in on the action today, as I said, go to fanduel.com slash lockdown to sign up or download the FanDuel app. And you could get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, everybody. Welcome on back to this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. 
And if you want to tune in, you will see me here, Gino Camilleri, your host, as always, five days each and every week for the past almost five years now, Lou and I have been doing this. And we thank you and everybody who's ever tuned in for one, 10, 100, or 1,000 episodes. Thank you for joining us here today. And this is going to be a fun one. Not one, not two, not three, but four mock drafts, two rounds each. So three selections, 10, 30, and 64 for the Eagles. I'll make two in this segment. And to finish up the show, I will make the last two. And then I will put this out to a vote on Twitter. I'll do it probably Tuesday afternoon. Give you all some time to listen to the show. Give you all some time to check these mock drafts over. But here we go. Let's get started. I'm going to pull up my screen. I got them all four pulled up, roaring and ready to go. It is going to be quick. We got six selections now, six to finish up. But let's go here. Starting off, credit, not for long, but for right now, the PFF Mock Draft Simulator. To start, here we go. Let's roll, folks. I'm not going to be able to explain everything that happened before the Eagles, but I am going to, one, not pick the same guy at all across any of these 12 picks. I'm going to try and stay as consistent in terms of positions selected, but I'm going to stick to what Howie Roseman knows and loves, and that is defensive line, offensive line, cornerback, and maybe some skill players. We got to throw those in there. But to start, we are going to start it out with Devon Witherspoon. I think cornerback is the easiest selection to make. Devon Witherspoon is a do-it-all type of player. He is much like Jair Alexander. And if you like Jair Alexander, you're going to love Devon Witherspoon. He's versatile. He comes downhill and tackles. He can play in man. He can play in zone. He can do just about anything for this team. The next pick, I am going to go with edge rusher Adetomiwa Adebaware out of Northwestern. He's a guy who can play inside. He can play outside. He weighs around 282 pounds. He can play three tech, five tech. He is a freak when it comes to athleticism. And also, I made a mistake. It is pick 62, not 64. I do apologize. After you select a corner, after you select an edge rusher, it's pretty much wide open. I think they continue to go with that let's draft the best player on the board mentality. I like the idea of following up a defensive lineman with a linebacker because that's what they did last year. Not directly, but they went Jordan Davis and then they went the Kobe D. I think you go Trenton Simpson here, the athletic linebacker out of Clemson. Those three picks, you go cornerback, you go edge rusher, and to finish it up, you get a linebacker. I think it's plausible. I think it fills needs. And if you look at terms of can they run, are they healthy, do they love football, I think all these guys fill that mold and then some. I think double A out of Northwestern is a freak when it comes to his potential athletically, when it comes to his ability to play inside and out. Trent Simpson has played big-time ball. He's a big individual. If you want somebody that can help stuff the run a little bit more than N'Kobe Dean, who is a little shorter, is more suited for that off-ball, maybe that coverage type of linebacker, Trent Simpson could come in and fill that role. And Devon Witherspoon, you can get in and play right away in sub-packages, and he can inevitably take a hold one of those cornerback positions when Darius Slay or James Bradbury 
inevitably finds their way out of Philadelphia. All right, that's mock draft number one. Moving on to mock draft number two. We're 25% of the way through. This is fun. Let's keep this rolling. It's it's quick, getting a lot of information and a lot of different players. All right, on to number two, pick 10. Christian Gonzalez is obviously on the board, but I'm going to change up things with this one. I'm going to make a selection at a position that we haven't picked yet and a player we haven't picked yet. I'm going Peter Skronsky. Yes, Lane Johnson is signed through the year 2026, but they don't have any versatility when it comes to a swing tackle. They lost their backup guy in Andre Dillard. They lost Raven Clark halfway through the season last year. They need to add depth there. You don't know if Lane Johnson, health-wise, if he goes out, what is going to be your replacement at the end of the day? Is it going to be Jack Driscoll? Hopefully not. Is Peter Skronsky somebody that you can bring in right away and play? Probably not. But is he somebody that you can develop for the future and you get this guy who is a freak when it comes to that position and you sure up your tackle situation for the future? We don't know how long Lane Johnson is going to play for. 2026 is ideal. But with him and Jason Kelsey, if their health doesn't hold up and their play declines, I think Howie Roseman would rather have an ace in his back pocket than have to scramble and find somebody to replace him. So we're going to pick 30. We got an offensive lineman. I think you have to go defensive line here. I think this player as well, we haven't selected either. This is Maisie Smith out of Michigan, interior defensive lineman, a big body with him and Jordan Davis. That's a lot of mass on the inside, but you have to find a way to replace the snaps that Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph had in your rotation last year. Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams will take on those three-tech type of roles. Marlon Tui-Pelotu is your backup at that zero-to-one tech behind Jordan Davis. But would you like to upgrade there? Yeah, why not? Smith is a big player. He fills a big need. And the Eagles, if they want Jordan Davis to be versatile and not just be a true run-stopping player that when you know he is in, he is going to protect the run, and when he is out, he is going to put in somebody that can pass rush. If you want him to have that freedom, why not find other players that can do his job so he can go learn other positions? I think they continue to add there, get bulkier, get beefier on the interior of the defensive line because you lost Javon Hargrave, Linval Joseph, and Indomitian Sue, who took up a lot of production on that defensive front. Finishing up this sixth pick here of this segment, Mock draft number two. I think we've done a pretty good job making these selections so far. I'm going to finish it up with a safety. We're going a little bit different in terms of players here. Jordan Battle out of Alabama. You don't get Brian Branch, but you still get one of those day two safeties that we had talked about that if you're looking at a Dax Hill type of situation when it comes to Cincinnati last year or a Juan Thornhill a couple of years ago with Kansas City that – you want to wait until late day one, even day two. I think Jordan Battle is a guy that's going to fit right into that conversation. Did a lot of things for Alabama. Obviously not as polished and refined as Brian Branch, but he is a guy that can come in and play in sub-packages. And I continue to say that about defensive backs because if you want to get them on the field, they're either going to have to be one, a special teams player, or two, somebody that can fill in 
in a niche type of role on third downs when you go big dime or big nickel situations. And frankly, you continue to have to have guys back there that can remain healthy, can come downhill and tackle, and have to replace Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I know that we said that was going to be the last time we talked about him, but unfortunately, he was a pretty good player for the Philadelphia Eagles. That does it for the first two mock drafts. We still have two more. Thanks for tuning in here at the Lockdown Eagles podcast on this Monday edition of the show. We're not done yet. All right, everybody, welcome on back. Finishing up this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Gino Camilleri. Just like they do in March Madness, you have Saturday games, you have Sunday games. We had two games in the first segment there. We had two mock drafts. We got two here. We're going to create a Final Four. Going to put it out to a vote to all of the fans. See what they like best. See what direction that they liked. If they liked going maybe defensive line heavy, maybe defensive back heavy, maybe one with a skill player or two. Well, we haven't done that yet. We are on to mock draft number three. Let me share my screen again for those on YouTube. Those at home listening on your audio airwaves, I appreciate it. And I'm talking it through as well as I can. I know it is rapid, quick, a lot of players, a lot of information. But that's how March is because April, it's going to be even quicker. When the draft comes, it's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. It's four hours of rapid fire work. And Howie Roseman is going to be working the phones a bunch. We're not moving back. We're not moving up. We're just sticking right at 10 We're going to change things up here again. We're going to go with a cornerback, but not one that we have selected yet. We're going Joey Porter Jr. I want to appease the Penn State fans. I'm going to pander a little bit to the crowd. One, Joey Porter. If you've never heard of his dad, go watch him. He was a great player. And if you want a player who plays just like his father in terms of mentality, Joey Porter Jr. is that guy. And to match, he has some of the most freakishly long arms you will ever see, and the Eagles love length at outside corner. We've done the Christian Gonzalez. We've done the Devin Witherspoon. This time around, we go with Joey Porter Jr., grab a cornerback with that 10th pick. This pick, folks, we're going back to 2018. Zach Ertz was 28 years old. Philadelphia Eagles are coming out off of a Super Bowl in a season where Zach Ertz made arguably the biggest play offensively twice in the same game on the biggest stage for you. You know what the Eagles did then? They went and drafted Dallas Goddard. Maybe the best tight end in that class. Maybe they do that again with a 28-year-old Dallas Goddard. I'm going to pick Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame, the first skill position player that we pick in any of these drafts. And you're saying, well, hang on a second. Couldn't they go running back? Could they go wide receiver, tight end? They they have a really good one. Well, the Eagles want to go and play 12 personnel. They want to have two tight ends on the field, but they also don't want to pigeonhole themselves into Dallas Goddard being the only weapon that they have when it comes to passing and Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra being those guys that are in there more for run blocking. They don't want to show their hand. They want to be multiple, and Nick Sirianni more than anybody when it comes to play design in the last, I'd say, 
decade or so in Philadelphia, plays to the strengths of his players, and he got very creative in the last two seasons when it comes to moving guys around, play integration, new designs. Is Shane Steichen there now? No, he is not. But Brian Johnson can bring in some more juice to this offense when it comes to new ideas. Why not have two top-level tight ends to take away the pressure of potentially not having a third threat at wide receiver, maybe not having a true three-down running back that can be a pass catcher? Go and grab the best tight end in the class. Michael Mayer, if that's your cup of tea, and he is to me, I'm going with him. I like Dalton Kincaid as well. He was selected earlier. Let's go with Michael Mayer. I think you get a great player there as well. I'm going to go back to the well, take a player that we have taken in the past. I'm going to go with safety, Sidney Brown. I think you double up when it comes to the defensive backfield. Do you go defensive line here? No, you don't. But we don't really know what Howie Roseman is thinking going into this draft. Does he believe in the long term of Milton Williams and Jordan Davis and Marlon Tui Pelotu and the depth of this class to not go defensive line early? We'll see. I doubt it. But the good thing about these mock draft Mondays is it's GMGC, not GMHR. We're going to the last one here, the final four, the final of four, rather. I'll get all of these out Tuesday afternoon. But right now, with this last draft, Tyree Wilson is on the board. Edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Would they go edge? I believe 100% that they would. Are they looking at somebody that can be just more of a pure speed type of rusher and be a Hassan Reddick clone and maybe not as good of a run defender as Josh Sweat? In that case, you go Tyree Wilson. If you like Lucas Van Ness, you can go that direction. But if you like safety and your GMGC, you go Brian Branch. This is the Brian Branch pick. We haven't done it. Here it is. I had my hand on the chess piece. I picked him last week. I didn't take my hand off the chess piece, and I ended up going with Kalijah Kansi. I want to get Brian Branch there. You get a premier safety, the best one of the bunch. You make a selection that hasn't been made in Philadelphia, maybe ever, taking a safety in the very first round with the 10th overall pick. It would be out of character, but it would fit a need. It would fit a current need, and it would fit a big need. They need safety play and good safety play, if not great. And one thing that's kept them afloat the last couple years has been how good their interior offensive line has been. And one of those players that's gone under the radar is Isaac Sayamalu, and everybody's saying that Cam Jurgens should get first dibs at that right guard position, myself included. But he's a natural center. Do they take Osiris Torrance here? Absolutely they could. But how about getting a mauler in the run game? Somebody will have to develop when it comes to pass protection. But if you want to talk about a mean trio of guys from left to right in Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, and now the future right guard from TCU, Steve Avia, boy. This kid is physical. He likes to mix it up against the run. And he would just fit the mold of what they do on the inside when it comes to Jeff Stoutland. They had Brandon Brooks there. They had Sayamalu. They have Landon Dickerson. They have Jason Kelsey. They want guys that are athletic. 
guys that love to move their feet and love to take a person that is weighs as much as an entire vending machine and move them from point A to point B. Steve Avia would do that and then some. It would be a great repla- replacement and an instant replacement for Isaac Sayamalu, and it would allow Cam Jurgens to continue to work to be the Padawan to the OB1, which is Jason Kelsey. All right, thank you for sticking through 12 picks. We're here at the 12th pick of the draft. Man, oh man, I want to go with some fun, and I want to add some speed to this room, and I'm talking the wide receiver room. Let's go Jalen Hyatt. You talk about a trio now, which would be Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, with the speed of Jalen Hyatt, adding to what is already one of the top offenses in the league, but didn't have that true third threat when it came to wide receiver. Jalen Hyatt, my oh my, that would be a blast to see his blazing speed, his hands, and his ability to separate at any level of the field as maybe the seventh best option in an offense. It excites me to see all of the options that are out there for the Philadelphia Eagles. I gave you four here on this mock draft Monday. Tune into the final four this week, but first make sure you tune into the final four. Of the four mock drafts that I did, I'll put them out to a vote. Make a poll on Twitter tomorrow. And we'll also have another episode for you here at Locked On Eagles. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, the salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in. Not one, not two, not, I'm sure you're sick of me saying that, but five days each and every week we have you covered, not just in season, during the offseason. One month from today, we will have our live first round of the NFL Draft Show. Until then, make sure you follow along wherever you get your shows in audio form and on YouTube as well in video form. Follow us on Twitter. Follow myself at GC24 underscore football. Follow my co-host at DBLCLOE. And follow our main page at Lockdown Birds. Until tomorrow, I'll leave you with this. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go Birds.